this is just on Jaunty Jams. Cool, Sammy, <laughs> welcome on. This is Just On with yep. Jaunty James, and we've got the one and only Sam Moore here today, and you've invited me into your beautiful house. Yep. So thank you very much for that. No worries, um, thanks for being here. Yeah, I wanted to have this conversation with you because over the past couple of years you've been such a great friend. We've had some really good times, uh, especially through COVID. A lot of times in this house. Yeah, some great <laughs> times, a great New Year's in this house that cut absolutely loose. Uh, we've also gone out to nature and spent some really quality time connecting with nature as well. So I think for the theme of today's chat, uh, I would really like to understand more about your connection with nature and ultimately what you're doing with your business and how you tie that into nature's connection. So first yeah. of all, do you want to just introduce yourself and share a little bit about you, yeah. where you're at, what you've been up to over the past few years? Yeah, for sure. So my name's Sam Moore. Um, I'm the owner of Pyra, I'm founder and creative director slash designer, kind of the whole lot. Um, I'm originally from New Zealand, so I grew up in Hawke's Bay, the same place as you, as yeah. you know. <laughs> yes. um, and I grew up spending a lot of time skiing when I was younger, like you did as well. Mm. Um, so the mountains and outdoor lifestyle has always been a really big part of um, my journey and, you know, something that I really loved. You know, growing up in New Zealand, you're always out in the outdoors. We've got amazing mountains all around. You've got beautiful lakes. You know, we live pretty close to the coast most of the time. Um, so, you know, you're out surfing. So it's always been a really big part for me. Um, I then moved to Sydney after uni and did um, about 13 years in Sydney, living in Bondi, which was awesome. Surfed a heap, um, you know, met a lot of really great networking friends there, but actually didn't spend a hell of a lot of time out in the outdoors. Mm. Um, you know, Sydney, you still have to travel three hours to <laughs> go for a hike. a train an hour and a yeah. half to the Blue Mountains. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it really just wasn't on the agenda. You know, yeah. you've obviously got the coastal walks, which are, you know, world class, but also seriously busy. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't really... thousands of people. Yeah. And they don't feel like, you know, a proper, you know, a relaxing hike or anything. Mm. But um, I suppose, um, you know, my journey with um, starting this new brand, I really wanted to find... A balance between you know what really drives me and what makes me happy and try and bridge the gap between the two of building a brand around my lifestyle so pyra is a technical streetwear brand built for the outdoors um you know growing up in new zealand um i used to ski a lot i used to be kind of semi-professional skier up until i was about 20 until i kept breaking all my bones <laughs> um and so i was super experienced with you know all of the outerwear you know i lived and breathed all of that gear um you know i happened to get a couple of sponsors when i was younger which was cool mm. um so with my experience of like knowing the mountains and then also being a streetwear designer for the last 10 years in um sydney i wanted to find a gap between the market where i could take my outdoor inspiration streetwear designing and kind of bridge the gap between the two and, you know, I kind of saw a gap in the market after selling my previous brand to design an outdoor streetwear brand. Mm. And, you know, we've kind of been able to carve out a pretty nice spot in the market for the last yeah. three years and just kind of double down on what I want to wear every day, to be honest. And I think, like, it's a direct, you know, relation to, you know, what I wear. Mm. You know, being 
active outdoors, you know, making technical product that can be built for everything. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Mm. I really enjoy how you started Pyra. You'd come out of uh, selling your previous business yep. uh, after that had, you know, after you'd change your, your lifestyle and your ideas. And you had to figure out a way to, to, to pitch this new brand and to be able to somehow create funding and a, and a way to start it off. Yeah. Could you share how you started that off? Because I, yeah. I find that really fascinating. Yeah, it's a pretty unique story. So I had another brand called Dead Studios for um, about six years. And, you know, I started this as just a side project. Um, you know, I was head designer at General Pants for four years. Mm-hmm started this other brand on the side and it slowly got bigger and bigger and bigger which I was able to you know work full-time build out a team we had our own retail stores but I got basically we always came into cash flow problems and it was you know a lot of inexperience learning along the way um you know as Jim Collins said I was failing forward but you know (laughs) there was some tough times there um an opportunity came about to sell the brand to Culture Kings. Um, Culture Kings was our biggest retailer at the time. Um, And it wasn't a good sale. It was like, I kind (laughs) of took it as far as I could basically and knew that that was the end of the line for that brand. You know, I wasn't super passionate about it anymore. It had kind of gone from a brand that, you know, kind of was more based around my lifestyle, but then kind of really pivoted towards, you know, being a woman's activewear brand and a denim brand and it kind of was just a bit muddled and um, you know it didn't have a super clear direction Um, so when I sold it to Culture Kings I basically pitched this new idea of Pyra to Simon yeah and I was like look this is really what I want to be doing Um, you know send him a proper like pitch pitch doc about what it what the brand would be and I spent like a good year because like with the apparel industry before you release something like the timelines are so big Mm. um so i basically was i had a good six to seven months of just really doubling down of like what is pyra you know what its mission is what its core values are going to be you know really kind of going deep into a brand philosophy Mm. from the get-go and i think you know that has really helped pyra um you know get off the ground so quickly because i had such a clear identity and path of like what it stands for you know our mission is to inspire people to get back outdoors into the elements and that's been like the idea and the ethos behind the brand the whole time so anything that we do kind of always goes back to that like you know is this built for the outdoors you know so yeah so into that um The brand was kind of then majority owned by Simon at the time, mm-hmm. so I had to give up quite a lot of equity to get this off the off the bat. Um, but that didn't really worry me um, at the time. It was more, you know, I pr- prefer to have a smaller amount of something big other than a big amount of something small, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. And I'd already gone through that with my previous business of giving up equity from the start and. Um, you know, Culture Kings is a massive business, you know, at the peak they were doing 300 mil in revenue. So to have a brand that goes straight into them, be treated as like a vertical in-house brand, going all stores, all online, you know, like it, it grew from, you know, zero to $3 million seriously quick, yeah. you know, and that was like an amazing thing for a brand. Like I would have needed millions of dollars in marketing just to get that sort of coverage. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's really 
I think that's a really big and bold move to just mm. go, boom, here's the idea to really flesh it out behind the scenes and then yeah. just to drive it straight into this pitch as you're selling your other business yeah. to these to, to culture kings. So yeah, I really, really admire that. From that initial setup, now your business structure has slightly changed. Is that something you'd like to touch on and share about how you've managed to to shape, shift the business more in your favor so you've got more control now? Yeah, exactly. So um, during the last couple of years, Culture Kings got bought out by a, um, a big company in the US called AKA, um, mm. they're a private equity company. Yeah. And within that deal, they then went um, public a couple of years ago now, um, which then Simon kind of had a, basically an exit. Yeah. Um, my brand was kind of swallowed up within that transaction. Mm. So then it was part owned by this USA company. And that was really like, that was not really ever the plan for Pyra. Mm. Um, you know, I didn't want to be a public company. Um, <laughs> yeah, part of a big conglomerate. <laughs> yeah, and you, I almost felt like I lost quite a bit con of control mm. within that. Um, so I kind of was actually working behind the scenes to see, you know, what that could look like with getting like external valuations and all of that sort of stuff done. And then they basically just came to me um, one day and were like, oh, you know, you owning part of a public company is, you know, really messy. You know, we'd either like to buy you out or you buy the brand back. And I was like, this is perfect. I've <laughs> already been, been yeah, and I've already been planning that behind the <laughs> yeah. scenes. And, you know, it took a fair while to um, come up with a valuation of what that would look like. Mm. Um, but ultimately, I've been able to take back majority control of the brand, mm. um, which is awesome. And it means that we'll just have, be able to pivot a lot smaller. Um, you know, when you're in those big businesses, so like moving a big container ship, they take a long yeah. time to, you know, move in different directions. Yeah. Now that we're smaller again, we can have control, you know, we're able to pivot in ways that, um, you know, a big brand or a big retailer can't, um, which I think is really exciting. And, you know, for Pyra, my goal was always to open up, um, other retail accounts, um, wholesale and grow the brand interna internationally. Yeah. And now that we've kind of got that restriction on trade lifted, you know, mm. those opportunities and conversations can happen a lot easily mm. with picking up other major retailers around the world. Cool. Yeah. So now that this big opportunity has opened up and you've got a lot more agility within the business, yeah. what are your, your visions now? Because I can imagine those visions would have been a little bit stifled mm. when you were under the control of this bigger company. Yeah. Now that vision's opened up and expanded, what do you see the vision for the company over the next five to 10 years? Yeah, well, that, that was kind of a bit of a challenge for me because I'd worked for myself for like um, six or seven years as my own boss with my old business, yeah. kind of fell into owning Pyra, but being part of the Culture Kings business and was basically like an employee there. Mm. And I really kind of struggled with that. Like yeah. I've, I've never, you know, been one to like being really told what to do mm. and really kind of struggled with that push-pull kind of situation. Yeah. I think that's just a standard entrepreneurial kind of drive. <laughs> and it's probably yeah. why, you know, me and teachers at school didn't get along yeah. well, you know, like... Very independent. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so... Yeah, to go kind of back to that, like it, it is, it's super exciting that we can kind of, you know, pivot to, you know, being more independent and yeah, yeah, yeah. So what would the what would the vision now look like five to ten years? Yeah, down so the line? we want to build out our team, um, basically ASAP. Um, yeah. So start putting you know key people in um, the right seats and getting them on the bus for the journey. You know, we want to be you know the best 
technical street rebranding the world. Like that's it. Like that's the that's the vision. Cool. Um, you know, we've obviously got some big players in this industry um, over this side of the world. You know, you've got your North Face and your Patagonias over on the outerwear side, and then you've got you know your Stussies and um, you know the Supremes on the streetwear side. Yeah. So for Pyra, you know, we've been able to build out um, yeah like three main brand pillars for the brand, which is our street component or lifestyle then our sport and outdoors and then we've also just introduced snow as well so we just want to keep building out those brand pillars um we want to open up our own retail stores i think that's always been a really important part of um a brand journey um our product's not the cheapest in the market Mm -hmm. and it's also technical as well so to touch and feel the product is really important Mm um and i'm a big believer in you know having retail is a perfect way to tell the whole brand story. You know, when you're stocked in other stores, you're only on a small couple of racks, your brand's merged in with other stock, you know, your marketing and your product doesn't kind of connect in a way. If you have your own stores, you can tell the whole brand story from the walk, walking into the store, how that store smells, the type of music that it's playing, how the product is displayed, how the store stuff, um, you know, treat your customers straight off the bat. You know, they want you want to be educators towards your customers and just be able to do all of that at a, you know, a really top premium level. Like, that's, that's the goal. Um, and then build out our own, um, you know, our wholesale strategy will always be important, but also our direct-to-consumer, like our e-com strategy is also a big part. You know, we always want that to be up there with close to 50% of our revenue. Yeah. Um, you know, and really kind of own that customer. Because, it's kind of the golden goose, right? The yeah, business. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's exp- is way more expensive to acquire new customers these days mm. with the way, um, you know, digital advertising on Meta has gone up. Yeah. But, you know, there's still a good opportunity there to grow a brand. But, you know, I think um, in the past couple of years, those brands that were strictly D2C for, um, you know, the Allbirds, the Warby Parkers and stuff, you know, those brands have grown so massive but they're still losing money because their customer acquisition is so high so that's where they've gone and pivoted opening up all their own retail stores and actually opening up wholesale relationships with like Nordstrom and all of those sort of partners so there's a, definitely a little bit of a change in the market at the moment and I think it's kind of just makes it more you know omnipresent as well in terms of like where those channels are and where you're touching those customers yeah cool yeah. so your first store where do you want to open the first shop um it would probably be in the gold coast to be honest like um i don't think it will be in like a westfield or anything i kind of want to make the first one like a like pyra lab or like a community kind of store where you know we can have a coffee machine in there people can come in and you know hang out and it can kind of be more of a central base before we roll out the other ones before you roll out bigger flagship styles yeah 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 in like the main westfields yeah yeah cool and like eventually open them in new zealand as well i think like back home yeah yeah like (laughs) i always was thinking like you know my like ultimate goal is to be able to live in queenstown three months of the year so do nine months here three months queenstown (laughs) maybe one month in the u.s when we grow over there but if we can open a like a pirate store in queenstown or wanaka in the next couple of years like they'll be ticking some boxes yeah (laughs) epic cool i'm really i'm really excited for that for sure so in terms of pirate as well your Mm. other focus is building community um could you explain how you are going about building community and some of the little initiatives that you've started up yeah i mean 
when you've got um, an online business, it's that needs to be a priority. You need to somehow build in how the customer connects as a group, as a community for the brand. So what we've been able to do is, um, you know, as I kind of mentioned, our mission is to inspire people to get back outdoors mm. into the elements. So a way that we've been able to do this is we've started these pirate hike clubs. Mm. Um, we've only been doing them in the Gold Coast, but the plan is to roll them out, you know, every couple of months in New, New South Wales and um, Melbourne as well. Cool. Um, but they're basically an event that we do open to anyone, no pressure, yeah. you know, everyone's welcome. And we just go for these hikes. Yeah. Um, you know, the obvious benefits of getting out of nature, it reduces stress, it's yeah. good for the, um, you know, the health and the mind, and you just feel good. Um, for us, it's a way that we can introduce our product like into the mix, people can experience the brand, they can meet me and the team and yeah, so it's still early days. We've only um, rolled out four of them, I think, today. We've yeah. actually got one coming up this Saturday. We're yeah. going to do the Coomera Circuit. Yeah. But they're a great way just to build community. Um, and, you know, our goal is to get them bigger and bigger and bigger. And that, you know, you don't have to be a professional hiker to come on this. No. And, you know, like the whole, um, the whole like, term kind of hiking, like, you know, it kind of has a connotation connotation about it as well that you'd have to be like a scrog and muncher and you know yeah, like you need some big boots yeah on you need to have your hiking, hiking poles, poles you know and like that's the perception that we want to kind of change is like yeah. you can still be wearing like yeah. you know your cool sweet stuff. yeah your yeah. sweet kicks and you know good windbreakers and dope tees and you know we that's the like the barrier that we want to break down is like because everyone knows that how good they feel when they're going outdoors after a hike. So we just want to keep pushing that. Yeah. yeah. It'd be sick if we could like start building in some like overnight ones in the yeah. um, future, like take like a group of 10 or 20 people and um, yeah, go do an overnight one. That'd be sick. We might need to develop some pirate tents. Yeah. Some pirate tents as well. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> could do like a little one day gathering for your, like your main pirate sponsors or whatever. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So amongst building a business, um, and this is your like second uh, clothing business that you've built, yeah. what are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced personally and, and how have you overcome those in terms of just consistently showing up for your business and for yourself mm. to keep growing? I think like the, fir the first thing was, you know, I'm a creative at heart. Um, the numbers side of the business didn't come naturally to me. Um, and so when I got put in a position with my previous business that it was, you know, going through cash flow problems and, you know, have to meet with my CFO all the time, I really didn't know what I was doing at that stage <laughs> early on. And I look back at it being like, you know, like that was such a blind spot, but I just like drilled myself into it. Like I read, you know, hundreds of business books and, you know, I realized, during like my learning stage that I'm actually not a great reader when I'm looking at pages, mm. but I'm a really good listener. Mm. And so I just, my like morning routine is I get up at 5.30 every morning and I go for a walk with my dog, Zumi, mm. and I listen to audiobooks and I mm. smash them out. Yeah. Or if I'm driving, like they're always going, like that's time for learning. But that was basically like one of the, my big breakthroughs was like really just understanding business. And you think like, oh yeah, like, business you know whatever it's easy you know selling <laughs> things getting money buying new things whatever but there's so many different mm. you know pillars within a business and you know a lot of 
books, like a couple of books that I read that were kind of pivotal to that journey was like Profit First was a good one. Any of the Jim Collins ones, like Good to Great um, was another great one. Um, My Personal MBA um, was a good one as well. So any of those ones that were like kind of core business books is kind of what I really kind of drove home. But I think as well, like I get a lot of inspiration from uh, learning from others as well. Mm. Um, You know, the Nike story as well, Shoe Dog, obviously a classic, Mm. but you know, hearing the struggles that he went through of coming into cash flow problems, growing at over 100% every year and running out of money. Like, it's like, oh, like, that actually happens to everyone. You know what I mean? Like, if you're growing that fast, you're just going to run out of cash all the time. So to hear, like, I get a lot of inspirations from that. I listen to the um, How I Built This podcast, basically religiously. I don't think I've missed one. Yeah. um, By Guy Raz. Um, You know, that book, Legacy, um, the James Kerr one on the All Blacks. Okay. That was a really good one for building culture and, um, you know, sweeping the sheds as as a leader and, you know, mm. you're never too big to do the shit jobs, yeah. you know, taking on that kind of approach. Yeah. Um, but another big thing that I did as well is I really got into meditation and that was a, a mm. I did a Vedic meditation course with Bondi Meditation. I think it was probably... I reckon it was probably eight years ago now. Yeah. And I do that religiously Monday to Friday. Um, I've kind of found my sweet spot. When you do that training, you get given a mantra and you're supposed to do it for 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon. Mm. And I found, like I did that for a little bit just to get into routine, but that really helped with my anxiety and um, my calming and my having a really clear focus for the day. And I've now been doing it for like eight years. I re- religiously do it as soon as I wake up. Yeah. That's the first thing Straight that I, away, well, I yeah. go have a shower, come upstairs or wherever and meditate. But yeah. I only do it for 10 minutes. And yeah. I've kind of found that that's enough as a sweet spot. Yeah. If you're doing um, it every day. Every day, yeah. Monday to Friday. Yeah, that builds um, up. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I use the like just the meditation timer app. So yeah. I, like dings me at the 10 minutes. Yeah. And now I'm like, boom, I'm ready for the day. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like... Um, that was super key, actually. Mm, yeah. Cool. And I remember uh, one time we were having a conversation, you were showing me some of your, like, your visions and your goals, and I remember mm. you having them on the back of, like, your bathroom door or something. <laughs> yeah. Do you still have that set yeah, up? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I update it, like, every six months. So I, part of, like, some of the business training courses, I've always been a really big goal setter. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, having something clearly written down and working towards it, you know, you're just driving your brain to think about that. Um, And so how I do it is I have, I basically split a bit of paper down the middle and I have business on one side, um, personal on the other. And then I do uh, one year goals, three year goals and five year goals. And so I've always got these big stretch goals at the top for (laughs) the five years, you know, (laughs) like big revenue targets. You know, on the personal side, it might be like, build my dream house or have this car or you know get married was like one that we ticked off on here recently but you know they still felt like they were good goals to have Mm. um but i've always been yeah super into having those written down um and just looking at them every day it makes such a difference um literally just have them on the wall like as i walk into my bathroom so yeah. if i'm putting some spray on in the morning i literally just stand it's there for right, yeah. and I, yeah. I yeah i literally just scan them quickly and be like oh yeah 
Cool. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on track. Yeah. Because like I think, you know, you, everyone runs a million miles an hour and sometimes if you don't have a clear goalpost of where you're going to get to, you know, like how, you, how are you supposed to know where you're going to go, mm. you know? Exactly. Yeah, I really, really admire that about you. And even from the sort of the first times that we started reconnecting when you moved to the Gold Coast, yep. I remember you showing me some of your, your goals and you've like, you've smashed quite a lot of those. I'm you've, sure I didn't show you them. I reckon you probably just saw them. Yeah, no, I, think, I remember us having a conversation about oh, okay. it. And you're like, oh no, I've got them on the back of my, my bathroom window or yeah, wall yeah, or something. Yeah. And we're like, oh, sick. Yeah. And, and you have, like, you, I mean, you bought a house, you're doing it up. It's a really beautiful spot. You've got a beautiful dog and a cat. You've, yep. you've built the business. You've managed to transition the business mm. into a favorable position for yourself. Yeah. Uh, you've got a fucking sick car. So what's next? What's next in your life? Yeah, I mean, I try not to tie too, like, too many of those lifestyle kind of things into it. Like, I'm so focused on the business at the yeah. moment. Um, it, like, taking the brand back ownership-wise, it was like a big one to tick off. But now it honestly just starts like I'm starting again, to yeah. be honest. Like, it's like, swear, I've now got this business back, got it back. And it's like, now it's all on me again. So, yeah. which is super exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, going to get an office again, like mm. going to hire a space and building a team out and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, it's just going to have to knock out in the next, yeah, six yeah. months. But it's super exciting just to be able to take back that control and know that, my destiny is based on my own decisions. It's not tied in with, you know, the other business. Yeah, it's not like a relationship that you that you had with the yeah. business now. Now it's like yeah. just you and the business and you can yeah. take it whatever path you want to take it. Yeah, 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 exactly. How cool. Mm. It's so exciting, man. Is there anything else that <clears throat> has really supported you over the past couple of years to get you to this point that you'd like to share? Um, I mean, my family support has always been amazing um you know emotionally and you know in the past financially as well they've always had my back so i'm super grateful for that um that has always been a massive one i mean my now wife erin has always been congratulations my, my biggest cheerleader <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um you know she's she's amazing and you know she fully supports me and all of my goals i mean at the end of um my old brand um you know, we were both living in Sydney at the time and she, I said to her, I was like, you know, we've got a, um, I've got this opportunity to start Pyra with Culture Kings, but it's in the Gold Coast. And we're, she was like, Gold Coast. <laughs> you know, she's like got her life in Sydney. Um, and, you know, I never thought I'd live in the Gold Coast. If you'd said that to me five years ago, I would have <laughs> yeah. been like, no way. Yeah. But since moving up here, it's been and we both say this, like, literally the best thing that we've ever done. Like, yeah. the lifestyle-wise, like, friend group-wise, the balance between beach life, hinterland, hiking, all of that sort of stuff. It actually really reminds me of NZ, to be honest. Mm. Like, I think that's why there is so many Kiwis here and we enjoy it so much because yeah. it's got that perfect lifestyle. Um, but, yeah, to go back to Erin, you know, to her just fully backing me and us packing up shop and moving up here and Boom. you know and she's <laughs> killing it in her career as well which is awesome she's actually just gone out on her own so yeah cool. it's super exciting wow she's um gone out full-time contracting which has always been a dream of hers so wow. we're both in deep now yeah both fully committed married <laughs> yeah. the dog the cat yeah both doing your own businesses 
Wow. Yeah. It's really inspiring, man. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much for your support over the past couple of years friendship the surfs we've been able to have the hikes we've been able to have absolutely and yeah i'm really excited just to see where you're going to be able to take this brand and, and yeah. what the future holds for you man so where could people find you on socials um yeah, could you want to share yeah so your business? i my personal like instagram i put like a lot of behind the scenes up for pyro mm. and just my daily journey is just sam moore underscore high yeah and then pyro is just pyra underscore underscore on Instagram or pyraelements.com. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's super exciting to hear about your next journey as well, man. Yeah. Moving to Indo and, you know, yeah. carrying on your journey. Yeah, a dream it's also making. 100% and, you know, right back at you, man. It's been inspiring to see your journey go from, you know, when I first caught up with you <laughs> and you're just starting some personal training with a couple of clients to see how that's fully evolved over the last three years has been super inspiring as well yeah thank you bro really yeah. appreciate it man thank you so much for this conversation no and worries yeah let's fucking smash the future yeah boy <laughs> cool. thanks <Get> <laughs>